Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the second episode of Why Do I Care? I'm your host, Toby Favalora, and today we will be covering January 6th, the insurrection, what led up to it, the insurrection itself with the complete timeline of all the times and what happens, and then what is happening now with some centering and the RNC and the current divide in the GOP. So January 6th, um, many people have heard about it, but I'm not really sure to what extent, so we're just going to start with the basics. So the 2020 election. So Joe Biden won the election by 7 million votes, the popular vote. He won this popular vote by 7 million votes. However, as you may know, or should know, the Electoral College is what ultimately decides who wins the election. So only 44,000 votes gave Biden the edge in the Electoral College. So that's across all the swing states, like... Arizona, Pennsylvania, Michigan, um, Wisconsin, all of those added up was only 44,000 votes. So as everybody knows, there is a pandemic right now. And due to COVID, 69% of voters voted non-traditionally. So what does that mean? That either means they voted by mail or they voted before election day. So keeping that in mind, Trump's lost the election, right? He lost the election. Um, Biden won, fair and square, but then Trump started to spread something called the big lie. So what is the big lie? The big lie is saying that because Trump lost the election, it must be rigged. Trump came up with this lie saying that, oh, I lost and I can't lose. So therefore the election must have been rigged. So what his, his, some of his quote unquote evidence that he has been using is that Democrats have thrown away ballots that were going to vote for him. There was a mass cheating effort. Some military ballots apparently went missing. And then he, my personal favorite that he says, are that dead people are voting. He also says that voting machines helped steal the election. And he targeted uh, Dominion voting machines most heavily. And that's one of the newer voting machines. And then the Dominion voting systems have finally sued Trump for the misinformation that he is spreading about their product. So this is crazy. It's absurd. So what people did were like, okay, you know what, Trump, calm down. We're going to have people investigate this to see if somehow you might maybe be right. People investigated it. They came back and they said, no, there was no fraud. And then he said, no, they are also biased. So he had people investigate the false claims that he has made. They came back and said, yes, these are false claims. And then he attacked them for being biased. And then he says the only good American citizens are the one that are defending his crazy lies. And he's going to run candidates that support his big lie against traditional Republican candidates. And this is causing a gigantic rift in the Republican Party. And that is what the Democrats are trying to angle at and angle for in the election, the 2022 election. And this crazy thing is that it works. At at least 55% of all Republicans believe these lies that Trump has made and that the election was stolen. 55% of one of the largest parties in America believes that the election was fraudulent and stolen. If this does not scare you, I don't know what does. This is a direct attack on our democracy, our republic, something that we have kept 200 years defending. People have risked their lives and died for service. We've made so much progress and have somebody, a businessman from New York, attack our freedoms in our constitution like this. It is crazy. And the fact that so many people believe him and no one is standing up is absolutely absurd. And it all comes to a head at January 6, 2021, the insurrection. I remember what I was doing. I was sitting right here. I was on a Zoom with a bunch of friends. I opened CNN. I wanted to see what was happening. And in big letters, it said, Capital breached by rioters. And that 
that it, it kind of was a wake-up call. So what happened? It was January 6, 2021. So Congress is supposed to confirm Biden's election. So he had already won. The votes had been counted. But what Congress had to do was a joint session. They had to just kind of be like, yeah, we certify this election. But nothing really gets decided. So at 12 p.m., Trump holds a rally near the White House. And he says, and I quote, Mike Pence, I hope you're going to stand up for the good of our Constitution and for the good of our country. And if you're not, I'm going to be very disappointed in you. What he is talking about is he wants Mike Pence, the vice president of the United States, who presides over the Senate, as the vice president always does. They preside over the Senate. They are the Senate president. And he's, the president of the United States has tried to talk the vice president of the United States into overturning the election, something that cannot be done. Pence does not have that power. And everyone kind of knew that Pence couldn't do that, but he was still begging. So what happens after that is people um, at 1 p.m., there's some protesters gathering outside of the Capitol. Protesting at small forms, that's not a big deal. There's usually protests all over Washington, D.C. When I went to Washington, D.C., I saw a bunch of protests, and there's just no big deal. It's just peaceful protests. But what they did at 1 p.m. is on January 6th, they broke past the outer barriers of the Capitol, and they managed to break past the outer barriers, and they got up and they got nice and close to the, the Capitol. At 1.05 p.m., the joint session of Congress begins, so that's the House and the Senate, they get together. Trump says, at his rally, which, remember, started at 12, so this is around the end of the rally, he says, and I quote again, We are going to the Capitol, we are going to try to give them the kind of pride and boldness that they need to take back our country. Yes, Donald Trump, who claimed that he had no role in the insurrection, tells his supporters that we are going to go to the Capitol and we're going to try to give them the boldness and the pride that they need to take back our country. And you're probably like, okay, well, that's just an empty threat. Nothing happens. But no, no, a large portion of the crowd starts to march to the Capitol. At um, 1.30, protesters finally overrun the police. And at the RNC and the DNC, there are pipe bombs that are found. New data is coming out about this all the time. And Kamala Harris narrowly escapes when the pipe bombs. Thankfully, nothing blew up, but it was a very close call for Kamala Harris. At 2 p.m., Jim Rick 6 still, the windows were broken. Right, so the protesters got up to the Capitol, got past the police and the barriers. They broke a window. They climbed through the windows and opened the door into the capital of the United States of America, the cornerstone of democracy and a beacon of freedom and hope for everyone around the world. They had broken in in a bunch of protesters that are encouraged by the fake lies of a president, a businessman from New York who can't even keep a casino running. They broke in and now... They are on the floor of the Capitol. So around 2 p.m., Pence and Pelosi are taken away by Secret Service. Why Pence and Pelosi first? Well, Pence is the second in line, and Pelosi is the third in line of the successor. So something happens to Trump. So they are very high priority to escape. Then at 2.20 p.m., the building finally goes into a lockdown. At 2.24, after protesters that Trump had enabled are inside of the Capitol, our nation's capital. Trump tweets again about the election fraud, the fake election fraud that didn't happen. At 2.38, Trump asks the protesters to be peaceful. He says peaceful. He doesn't say, oh, don't break into our Capitol. He's just like, oh, let's be peaceful. It is crazy to think that that is what he did after the Capitol had been for what? So if that happened at 2.38 and people first broke in at 1.30, that's over an hour they've been in. And he finally asked them to stay peaceful after all of this. 
Then at 3 p.m., the rioters finally get onto the Senate floor. This is where they've been trying to go. This is where the joint session, this is where Mike Pence would have been. There are images of people climbing down onto the Senate floor, and they are some of the most emotional images, personally, that I've seen because it's our country, my country, that is coming under direct freedom by protesters who are such sore losers they cannot admit that they lost an election because a better candidate won. Finally, at 3.36, Trump orders the National Guard to the Capitol. So it's Washington, D.C., right? The National Guard, as many of you know, is controlled by the governors. Washington, D.C. is not a state. So who controls it? Yes, the President of the United States controls the National Guard. So two hours later, he finally says, yeah, you know what? Stop this insurrection after two hours of it. And many aides around him have said, yes, no, Trump was watching the news. People were saying, hey, you should do something. He said, no. Why? Because he was enjoying what he saw happen. Then at 4 p.m., Biden goes on live TV and says, Trump, or not live TV, he goes on a, a tweet or some, some like Facebook live or whatever. And he says, Trump, I want you to go on live national television and ask the protesters to stop. That's a completely fair and legitimate request. Ask protesters to stop breaking into our nation's capital. Then at 4.17 p.m., 17 minutes later, Trump tweets a video, not going on live TV, he tweets a video saying, and I quote, I know your pain, I know you're hurt, we love you, you're very special, you've seen what happens, you've seen the way others are treating, I know how you feel, but go home and go home in peace. You heard that correctly. The President of the United States says, we love you, you're very special, to people that had broken into our nation's capital. He says, thank you. I know you're hurt. We love you. You're very special. He said that. That is probably one of the most concerning aspects of this entire ordeal. He finally issues something saying, please go home. 4.17, things started at 1.30. That's, I don't know, two hours, uh, three hours later, something like that. Two hours, 25 minutes. And he says, we love you. You are very special. To people that are inside the Capitol waving a Confederate flag inside our nation's Capitol, sitting on Nancy Pelosi's desk, stealing letters. He says, we love you. You're very special. Finally, at 6 p.m., the Capitol is cleared. So, yeah, that happens. Basically, at 6 p.m., I guess kind of everyone was evacuated. So, Trump... What does he do? At 6.01 p.m., he tweets, and I quote again, These are the things and the events that happen when a um, sac uh, sacred landslide election victory is so unceremoniously and victoriously, viciously, sorry, viciously stripped away from a great patriots who have been badly and unfairly treated for so long. Go home with love and in peace. Remember this day forever. He's basically glorifying and he's making excuses for the people that broke in into our nation's capital. So finally, at 7 p.m., Facebook bans Trump and at 7 2 p.m., Twitter bans Trump. So everyone goes back. They try to suicide the election. Many Republicans are like, yeah, you know what? We've had enough. Trump lost. But some Republicans still have the nerve and the audacity to reject the election and still claiming it's fraudulence. Finally, the next day, January 7th at 3.42 a.m. in the morning, this went all night, Biden is certified president of the United States. So that itself, that is the insurrection right there, but that's, that's only the beginning. January 6th, it is a date that many remember and has been thrown around 
a lot. So what they try to do is they try to impeach Trump. Why do you try to impeach Trump? Well, hmm, let's see. Inciting a riot on the nation's capital and false claims that you have started that the election was stolen, even though you just lost. So nothing really happened. It was uh, sadly mostly political. It should have been removed, but not many people would have swapped sides. There were a decent amount of Republicans that swapped sides, but nothing really happened of it. So Trump was impeached for a second time, but he was not removed from the office. So now Biden is president, and we're going to kind of get to uh, current time. So there's something called the January 6th Committee, and it is modeled after what happened, the 9-11 Committee. They're going to try to find answers on the attacks and its causes. So it was a committee made up of seven Democrats and two Republicans, the two Republicans being Cheney and Kinzinger. We're going to get to them in a little bit. And what they have done. So it's a committee. You're like, okay, whoop-de-doo. We already know what's happening. No, but what they can do is they have, they are the Congress. They can subpoena people. They can get stuff. So what they have done, they have interviewed more than 300 witnesses. They've gotten more than 50 subpoenas, and that number goes up. Every single day, there's more subpoenas. And what subpoena is, is you have to, you're forcing basically someone to testify and to hand over legal documents and documents like that. They've also obtained, through anonymous tips, over 35,000 pages of records and hundreds of telephone calls. This is huge. This is blowing the case wide open, but ultimately, it's mostly a political game because nothing's going to happen. The Republicans are hard set on Trump and the Democrats are hard set on hating Trump. Nothing's going to change. So recently, only a couple days ago, the RNC, the Republican National Committee, what they did is they censured Cheney and Kinzinger. They are the two Republican members who voted to convict the president of the United States, tried to remove him from office during the second impeachment, and they are on the January 6th panel. So Cheney, Liz Cheney, daughter of Dick Cheney, who was vice president, very, very conservative. Not liberal at all. Very conservative. Daughter of former vice president who was a Republican. She was removed from her position as the number three ranking Republican in the House because she voted to remove Trump from office. And when that said, it basically was like the Republican Party stands behind Trump fully and they are willing to do whatever it takes to get on his good side. And it gets worse. It gets worse. So the RNC recently, they condemned Cheney and Kinzinger. Okay, sure. That's really concerning because they are standing behind people that stood up for the good of our nation. But it gets even worse. They called the January 6th insurrection legitimate political discourse. Legitimate political discourse. They are calling breaking into our nation's capital because you are a crybaby president who lost the election legitimate political discourse. That is super upsetting and it should be upsetting to everybody because it is not political discourse. Political discourse is maybe a peaceful protest or maybe, I don't know, trying to win the election next time a little harder instead of trying to, you know, suppress voters and spread lies and maybe deal with the pandemic that's happening. But, you know, that's kind of two big ideas for Trump to handle, I suppose. But legitimate political discourse, that's what the RNC has called this. It is so far from the truth. It's not legitimate political discourse. It's the exact opposite. It's an insurrection on our nation's capital. It is an attack on democracy all over the world, not just in America, because America is the beacon of democracy around the world. It's super concerning. Thankfully, I can't believe I'm saying this, thankfully Mitch McConnell has done the right thing. hate that I said that. But he has condemned this. Many other Republicans have started to condemn this. And what this is doing, this is making the split even further. So 2022, it's not necessarily Democrats versus Republicans. It's going to be Democrats versus the two sides of Republicans. The Republicans that say, yeah, Trump lost the election. 
or the Republicans that are saying, no, Trump did not lose the election and the insurrection is very good. So now it's time for the why do I care part. Why should you care? Well, I personally think it's pretty self-explanatory why you should care. People broke into our nation's capital, but if you still aren't convinced, why should you care? Our democracy is under attack. If things do not get fixed and quickly and soon, we do not know what type of world it will be. We do not know what type of world our kids will be living in. We do not know if we will continue to have a democracy. Trump almost was successfully able to overturn the election. If the Republicans held the House, he would have been able to overturn the election. That is why it is so, so, so important to get involved, to volunteer. 2022 is just around the corner. You can bet that as soon as 2022 is coming a bit closer, I'm going to be talking about all the primaries, all the midterms, everything you can do to try to make a difference. I'll give you volunteer resources. My website, I'm going to put in my the, uh, the bio to my Instagram. You really have to get involved because... If the Republicans held the House right now, there would be no election. And if you are a Republican listening to this mostly Democrat podcast, not mostly Democrat, a Democratic podcast, then you should be saying, okay, well, I'm still going to vote for Republican, but you can vote for a Republican that maybe, you know, condemns all of this in this entire mess that is happening. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys had a good time listening. Um, if you have any ideas, you can shoot me a DM on Instagram. I maybe was thinking about having guest hosts for certain episodes. So if there's an issue you're really passionate about, shoot me a DM. I might let you come on the pod, talk to some people. But yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening and uh, have a great rest of your day.